Blog Talk Radio. Hey, everybody. Galen Pettis, the Midwest Hospital, the ESOP Real Talk in the house. And along with the PIC, that that's all right. Yeah, we got it going right there. But anyway, this program is sponsored by P4P Muscle, the number one drug-free sponsorship foundation in all of the world. And if you, yes, you, you natty, free, drug-free individual, or just happening to look to compete or maybe get on stage or maybe a bicycle or win a race or a boxing match or an MMA, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, if you were looking for someone to assist you with those goals <laughs> and possibly uh, drive you somewhere in what that right? <laughs> in that Mack truck through some ice cream. And uh, bomb pop. And bomb pop, yeah. And maybe some bomb pops with that ice cream treat, too. There you go. Wow. Well, anywho, check us out at peoplebemuscle.com. And now let's chit-chat with Abanta. Hello, Deborah Roy. How are you doing? Hello. You know, you know, I'm... I think I'm a little off kilter today. I wasn't going to bring this up, but I I feel like I just have to say something about this. So my family received some very, very hard news this morning. Uh, One of my cousins, yeah, this one's going to be tough, guys, and I don't want to spend the whole show talking about this, so we're going to have our regular show, but I just need to, I just need to, I just need to say this, but so my niece, not my niece, a cousin, um, she was killed yesterday. She was shot. Uh, oh, no. She and her boyfriend, yeah, she and her boyfriend were uh, walking their dog on a sidewalk, and they stopped at a grassy area for the dog to go to the bathroom, and evidently someone in an apartment near them didn't appreciate what they were saying or what they were doing or whatever, but anyway, he just decides to point his gun out of his apartment building, and he shot both of them. And um, and my cousin, she did not make it. Her boyfriend is in the hospital. Um, it sounds like he's going to survive. And he, uh, I, you know, I'm just at a loss for words. Just really at a be. loss for words to how society has eroded to the point that something like this would even happen. I mean, it wasn't even a one-on-one physical altercation. They weren't trying to provoke him. In fact, they were trying to ignore him as from what we tell from the firsthand accounts from the uh, the boyfriend. And he just decides that he's going to take other people's lives into his own hands. Uh, thankfully, the police were able to, you know, apprehend him. And he had his first court appointment today. But I... You know what? I would just like to ask anyone out there to hold these families in your prayers and in your hearts and just send them some good vibes because I just can't even imagine. And, you know, my cousin, she just celebrated her 21st birthday three days ago. Whole life ahead of her. Killed over absolutely nothing. Nothing. Because someone didn't like the way that they were talking to a dog. And as far as I understand, they gave the dog a command to stop and go to the bathroom. That's what it was. It wasn't even like they were being abusive or anything like this. They were going for a walk and they, you know, go potty. Yeah. And and there you have it. And now this, this beautiful little life is gone. 
I don't even know what you do with that. Well, I don't even I know. Guess, you know, I I hearken back to, you know, just the anger and the frustration that people are holding in and the hatred for, you know, who or whatever. And I, I've I've said this many times in my my many posts. You know, I said the hatred that you you know hold for someone else usually comes out on the people that are closest to you, and it's not the person where the anger or hatred is directed, but it's just the source at the time and the moment. You know, and I was telling you, you remember when I was telling you about how the guy in the neighborhood was sitting there waiting for the protesters to go through because he was so sure that they were going to rob his house. And when nobody came down his street, he went down the neighborhood with a loaded gun looking for someone or a protester to to get at. And thank God that our police had gotten to him before he had gotten to whatever random individual he might have seen as some kind of threat or foreseeable threat and decided to do what you're, you're explaining right now. And it's it's very amazing that we've come to the understanding that everyone's a threat. And, you know, I've, I've made many posts about I, I went to war and fought an enemy, and I never thought when I came home that I'd be seen as one. And yet more and more there's justification for the reason I might be. And that's amazing that, you know, you see the the information being shared, the uh, the the narrative, what we were calling it, uh, when I was talking to some of the retired police uh, officers and a lot of firemen and, and then a lot of people that are just so shocked that there's so much hatred where you think there should be much, so much peace and love, but if all you're hearing and tuning into is hatred and mistrust and no faith and no hope. And, you know, we were talking about this in Bible study yesterday, how we're getting further and further away from the truth that, you know, we, we don't check on our neighbors. We don't speak to each other as in, in neighborly fashion. We don't even speak to each other as friends. And I mean, it's just, it's getting to the point where who do you trust and why do you trust them and for how long? And, you know, that's that's not a very successful way to go about uh, uh, everyday life when you're not really, you know, doing a life at all. And, you know, we, we've, we've seen the, the writing on the wall. We've seen the alarms and alerts, children committing suicide, uh, military coming home and committing suicide. I mean, it, what is it? It's still, it's over 22 a day now. It's up to about 27. Um, we have packs of, of high schoolers. Uh, making packs for suicide, you know, and how they're going to go about doing it so they can all be successful. These things aren't something that, you know, just walked upon us. It's it's, it's, it's an understanding that, you know, something is really wrong. And I, you know, we can say that we love the military, but I would ask why, you know, because they're defending us and we're basically giving this as our thank you, and we're not coming together. I, I haven't seen anyone doing any policy. I haven't seen any law uh, set forward 
to get communities to have time to be communities again. And when we had that time, you know, most people were finding out very negative things about the people they thought they could trust and love because, you know, they're living second lives. And, you know, as the moral compass in this nation deteriorates, we're walking away from the one true source that can bring us the very thing we want and need, but because we have to regulate ourselves in the process, it's much easier to just keep going back to the blame game and saying that it's someone else's fault or someone else should be doing something. And, you know, that ties into what we were going to be talking about today with, uh, you know, solutions, because it, we're so busy blaming each other that no one really wants to look for a solution. It's better to just fight it out and rant and rage so you can calm down. And one of the things that I heard that was quite shocking and was I wish this stuff would hurry up and get over so I can get back to my regular day. So we don't even understand the, the point or purpose of a protest or the reason it's even sought out because now all that people are talking about, you know, the protest has been swept to the side, the death has been swept to the side, and all that matters is nobody's going to rob or, or loot anything I have or own. So it's constantly where we're to the point where it, it doesn't even seem like we even want to, to know or care the very situation that we're doing. And that's scary in itself. What do you think of that? You know, it's, you know, what can you think? I mean, it's just, you have that situation. This, this, I mean, this situation, this was just, I don't know if the individual is high, if he's got mental illness, but, or, or he's just plain evil. Or he was spending too much time in quarantine, like you're saying, and didn't know what to do with himself. And so this was it. This was his yeah. solution. This was his resolution. But regardless of how you look at it, everything that you've been saying this instance just continues to point to the brokenness of so many factions in our world. So whether it's, yeah. you know, social unrest, you know, no understanding and or, I guess, sympathy for no, individuals who are feeling that level of pain there's, nope. there's, we've talked about this before, a just total breakdown of support for individuals with mental illness. That is pretty much non-existent. And it's just, it, well, there's just remember, a lot of, uh, a lot of, I don't, a lot of. About her brother. You remember that one? Yeah. Brittany Rose? Yep, I do. When she was on yep. the show and, and she was saying that, you know, when she found out that people had known that he'd been, you know, making these statements. And, and suggesting, you know, life would be better without him. And, and you know, and, and basically just the the insincerity and the cliched responses. And then he does it, and everyone seems so surprised. And you, you know, you really look at life differently because, you know, the people that care are going to care. And the people that are hurt when someone passes away are going to hurt when someone passes away. But without speaking out in a time of crisis, who speaks for you when the crisis happens? And we, we 
how many times? I mean, like it, it's it, it it's uh, this is tough. This is really tough because you know we just lost a, a friend over a similar situation, not really being shot, but just reaching out and everyone saying, "Oh, he didn't seem like that kind of guy." Well, what does that person appear, uh, appear to be before they go? into that state of either taking their life or taking the life of someone else. What does that person look like? Because I still haven't seen uh, a, a poster of uh, on the wall of what this criminal that's willing to take their own life would look like or the life of someone else. Because they're usually the average Joe that people just say, oh, you know, he seemed like a nice guy. No, they're just quiet and not bothering you, but they're not nice at all. They, they do kick the dog. They do, you know, do certain gestures that are just not normal and they're out of touch with basically the law. They have no concern for feelings. Uh, they're very narcissistic in their ideology and their culture is basically self-solitude. So if we're not paying attention, someone's going to pay and it's, to the point now where you're having times like what you're expressing right now with your family suffering a loss. The mourning is real. But because we're so not connected, I mean, you look at the social media and we know people, but we don't care to learn about them. And so the contact and the, the intercontact and the intermingling, intermingling doesn't really happen. So when things like this happen, it's almost like a TV show where you're ready to change the channel because you're uncomfortable with the content of the storyline. And when we start getting to that, are we really a better society? Are we better in life? And have we, you know, become more knowledgeable? Or do we care more often? And I'm saying and seeing the answer being no time and time again. But if you say that you don't love this nation, if you bring that, you know, stuff up of this kind of content, then, you know, you don't really love the country. You don't love your whoever. You don't love somebody that's in a government office. And basically, you shouldn't talk about these things because no one wants to be in that uncomfortable spot. And yet more and more and more and more and more. Let's just keep the dot, dot, dot and everything else. And we see that we're much more often in uncomfortable situations and it's becoming more and more personal. And then people want to react and then people want to speak out. I mean, honestly, Des, you and I have been speaking on this for over four years, and it's you, it's perpetuating itself, and it's gaining street strength and momentum in the wrong direction because when you talk to the people that need to hear it, it's less likely that they're going to respond because they're getting ready to be elected for something, so they're on the voter trail or, or election trail, however you want to say it. And even with the point of city officials, you know, where you're saying it and almost being told, well, who are you to to ask these questions? And I said, I'm a voter, a public citizen. What, what, what else do I need to be to say, hey, there's a problem over here and, and we need to look at it? Because the one thing about what I do with volunteering, as you're, you're interacting with a lot of uh, individuals that are hurting. And if you have any kind of conscience, if you have any soul, any belief in a true God, you're going to empathize. It's not just sympathy. 
your heart reaches out for people who can't do the day-to-day things we so take for granted. But in that process, you get to know a great deal of people on the good and the bad. The volunteers are always really passionate about what they do. The people that are hurting are really passionate about the people that are caring for them because now they can actually trust somebody. But in that process, you see reality. And I think with the the masking of the social mediums is that, you know, I have this many friends. But do you really? Because at the end of the day, how many people do you actually know? And then when you go to meet reality, you don't want to know them because it's too real for your everyday whatever you want to brag about, you know. I don't see too many people posting about feeding the homeless. I, I would be in love with that and take, they take pictures of the food line, not necessarily the people having to be served the food, but just showing things that make life real again instead of basically just wanting to change the channel because you don't like the narrative of what's being said. And, and we can get into the topic of the show, but, you know, I, I'm just reaching out to you to let you know that, you know, you're not alone in this. And I, I've walked upon many cold, dead, still bodies wanting to offer them food or shelter only to find out that it's too late. I don't share this stuff because, really, it's hard enough to, 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 to deal with it. But this is what is part of volunteering is that sometimes you are too late and, and sometimes you're not there in time. And the reality of what's happening is the life is gone for no other reason than food or shelter, something that I am blessed with. But that's a, you know, it's, it's, it's a hard tug at the gut, and it's definitely really pulling on the heartstrings where you come up on that and you have to call and stay around and, and let everybody know, you know, the police and the, and the ambulance and the fire department, what's going on. So, you know, these things, they're rough. And, and it's, it's right now it shouldn't be society. If we're such a great nation, these things should not even be a topic of the day. And yet we bury it time and time again. There's anger in the loss. There's hurt in the loss. There's rage in the loss. And nothing's being said or done because it's what we, we used to hear termed undesirables because, you know, they weren't part of society anyway. But the truth is they were always a part of society, and they should be the most concerned and cared about part of society. But we're not, we don't have that compassion anymore to go about seeking a true solution to ensure that they're addressed and then the rest of the state and the rest of the city can be addressed. Go ahead, no, only thing I would add, and then we can we can move on to the rest of the show because I didn't want to um, hijack what no, was we planned. Had to. But we had to. You know, it's it's part of the reason. I mean, I know there are a lot of folks out there that are getting over on the system, and hearts are heartened because of that. Because I know there are people out there that are panhandling that make more than people who work in a full time job. And that's why they do it, because it's easy money, and they play on the sympathies of others. And because of that, people have become questioning and untrusting, but it still doesn't remove our obligation to sincerely help, you know, as the Bible says, the widows and the poor and the orphans. He said they will always been in our midst. 
and it is up to us to help be a blessing for them because while we're blessing them, we're also being blessed because of the condition it puts our hearts and minds in, can help someone in need, that we do have compassion, that we do have understanding, long-suffering, and all of those things. Because when you don't take part in those activities, those are the parts of your emotional being that don't get developed, they don't get fed, and they shrivel. And thus we become more callous and uncaring people. And that's just the truth of it. And I'm not saying you have to give everything of what you have, but just give something, even if it's just your time. Maybe you can't do it monetarily, but, you know, make a point to try and feel for something and someone beyond just yourselves and your own family. Because the Bible says even, even evil people can show love to their family members. Yep. It's how you love those outside of that circle that also speaks to who you are as a person. Well, Whatever that front may be. It may be the poor. It may be social injustice. It may be any kind of injustice. could be animal cruelty. Whatever it is, that's your thing. It's, it's your thing it. for a reason. Yeah, just do, do it. it. I mean, we we got Nike commercials telling you everywhere to just do it. One of the things that I, I've learned from interacting with the, the poor and impoverished or really the homeless is to basically they would much rather, the ones that are sincere, the ones that are sincere, because like Dad says, there, there's somebody in everything that can upset the, the cart if that's the one we want to focus on and basically quit being that compassionate individual. I like yeah. the fact of relationships where you get hurt and you say, then screw it, I'm, I'm going to be bitter with every person that wants to talk to me. What what did they do? They're not part of the pain that you feel, but we tend to slight everybody into that because it's easier and safer and actually lazier to work your brain and, and, and do things. So we what, what we did and what we are doing, you know, and that's, that's the good thing about being a volunteer is that you learn. You're going to grow and you're going to learn because there's always some scam artist and there's always some shite there. But thank God for, for group support, and we can basically weed our way through them. And one of the things we've managed to do is basically call them out for what they're doing. Uh, if they're talking about they need food, take them to get some food. If they're at the gas station, you know, saying, like, one of the biggest things I've learned, if they got a car that's broke down, let me take you to the car with a gas can. Well, then you find out they don't have a gas can. Give them that time. I mean, because that's the one thing the homeless never get from society. It's time, attention. And so the true souls that are, are out there doing it, I can give five, ten minutes. I, I've, I've done it many times over, take them to get that, that uh, the one they like, it seems, is that big AZZ burger and bag of chips and, you know, a liter of soda. I don't care. You know, they're hurting. And you, we should understand that hurt. But if they're drug addicts, you're getting them food that they need because they're on their way to death if they keep getting those drugs. Uh, if they're trying to get a ride somewhere and you know they're not going to get to a bus and it's raining and you're going that direction, then take that time to do it because there's a conversation that sparks hope, that sparks faith in, in mankind. Instead of always driving by and splashing water on these people, you know, just, just help them out. Like they're just saying, we, we should still be there. We're, we're, we're such a great nation. Shouldn't we be a great nation of compassion? Shouldn't we be a great nation of caring? Shouldn't we be a great nation of concern? Doesn't that define great? 
it is always material things that is the definition of who and what we represent. I, I'm, I'm a little lost how we say we love God and go against all of his commandments. It's, it's hypocrisy. But that's another footnote for another show. But we're going to get on to what we were mainly wanting to talk about. But my heart is uh, hurting for my PIC, and I, I just wanted to say those things. So she knows that uh, we care. And I, I get the, the heart, guys, and, and the concerns. But we were going on, and I didn't want to interrupt that moment because this is reality, and I don't want to shovel it to the side. She's hurting. And we should always address that hurt before we do anything else with our day. Because if someone's day has stopped, that should be a concern for all of us. And I think that defines why we are in the situation we are. We are. It's simply because we don't have the time to address humanity. And think about that. Humans on Earth not having time to interact with other humans because work and business has taken the forefront. And and then the cause of that, you lose humanity. So what's the end game on that? You really got to ask that. So with that being the last note there, I wanted to talk about how you guys are reaching out with methods or ways to help with uh, the video we had done. Um, I sat down with a, a retired police officer because everybody doesn't trust media anymore. But I said we don't really need media in our current climate because we can interact with each other on the social mediums if we're going to do it in truth. And so I said, you know, he's one of our gym members. I've known him. He's mentored me many times in life and helped raise me in in the neighborhood to basically keep the bad cops from harassing us, uh, keep uh, keep us out of the negative parts of the neighborhoods because, you know, they get information a lot faster than they do put out into the public. And he was just ensuring that, you know, we grew up in a way that would be successful. And one of the things he was talking about is how we've gotten away from policing the neighborhood into basically almost becoming a militaristic region. I don't even know the word for it, where it just takes over. You're almost policing to catch people instead of policing to rehabilitate. And Mm. when you take that part out of it, it's a, it's a heck of a thing to think about. And he said he noticed, you know, in his uh, precinct, when 9-11 happened, we became more military. And there wasn't much interacting with the neighborhoods and the police. And so everyone became guilty because you didn't know who was guilty of what or when. And if everybody's a suspect, then you're kind of at odds with the neighborhood, and especially when you're talking about the ones that really don't know the breakdown of the neighborhood. And and one thing that uh, Dr. Love was talking about is that there should be better training. There's much better ways to go about policing a neighborhood, and the true fact of it is it requires human interaction because that's how we go about life, and we're losing that. And, and I always say we're losing our souls when we lose interaction with each other. 
because you you might not be able to read every person all the time, but you can definitely see when somebody's hurting. If all I'm seeing is a profile pic of a happy time and a happy moment, then that's what I get to see, and I, I smile when I see it, but I'm not seeing the person like we were doing in text messages. I didn't know this stuff happened until you, you, you related on the show, but I get to hear your voice. You know what I mean? I, I could see something was wrong, and, you know, I was thinking, well, maybe you just needed a drink of water. But I knew something. We're losing that, and we're closer to each other than anything now because we have so many ways to reach out. I don't even need a phone to make a call. And yet I send a text message hoping I can get a phone call. You know, so it's it's these are the things he was talking about. But then he said something that really got me because he said the FBI is already doing it. They do background checks all the way to grade school to see if you are hurting animals. And and I said, well, if, if we're talking about the understanding of saving a city from riots and looting, saving a life from dying in the community, why not spend that money? What is keeping us from setting the FBI standard as the gold standard? And the whole thing comes down to there's not an outcry for it. Now we have people that are looking at it, but the thing that's scaring everybody that's really pushing these understandings is will they have the support next week because everyone's so ready to get past this time and get past this moment. And my pastor, before he died, used to always say, stay in that moment until you learn how not to be there anymore. So if it's always a bad part of town, then stay your butt in there long enough to never want to go to this part of town again. And it seems we're running away from the reality, like I was saying, where we're, I don't want to believe it. I've heard that many times. I've had people in my messenger after that video, Kaylin, you just don't get it. You don't understand and I think I, I'm actually quite shocked that you would tell me I don't get it because I've relayed many times of police brutality and assault to me. I don't have to go out of uh, somebody's summary or someone else sharing and say, boy, that's a terrible thing. I can share my own. So, you know, when you say you don't believe it, you don't believe that can happen, that's fine. But the reality is it's happening more and more often, and most of the time you don't hear about it because the people are dead before anybody videos. So if we have people doing background checks, if you have people reaching out, if you have an understanding that we're going to do more to keep the public trust, then you don't have the fear. You don't have the worry. You don't have the stress. You don't have the doubt. And you don't have the rage when here it goes again. And because we're not stepping into the fold and saying, stop this, it's really frightening and to find out that uh you know the Black Lives Matter is listed as a terrorist group. They're saying stop killing black people. That's hard for some people to understand, but it is a reality. And the police officers are saying, Why are you doing this? Because it puts everyone at risk to do so. So if the police have an issue with it, Black Lives Matter have an issue with it then the only people that don't have an issue with it are the ones that want it to continue. But I guarantee it's not the people you know as your next-door neighbor. 
It's not the person that you see at the shopping mall. It's definitely not the person you see walking a dog. I don't know. Hmm. I know. I know. <laughs> and that dreaded silence. So You know what? I'm actually okay with the silence right now because, you know, some things you just have to stop and take pause and just soak in and really ponder about. I mean, you don't always have to have a comment or a retort or any kind of response at all. You can just soak it in and, you know, meditate on it. And you can you just be there in your I own head. You can just be you. I can just be me. And, you know, and, and sometimes enough. in silence, you, yeah, that's enough. You can just be who you are, and, and that's enough. I know when you're on yes. talk radio, it's not a good thing. But, you know, sometimes it even happens on, on talk radio, that pause. So I'm just going to say, Kaylin, so this video, if folks missed it, where can they find it to be able to listen uh, to this interview? It's on Facebook page. Uh, Anthony, Anthony Minetti shared it. And there's been some other people shared it. But I'm not I, – my, my page is public. I don't have anything. And some people that I don't know personally, but they have – you know, I'm not friends with them have reshared it. So it, it's out there, but if you go to Caleb Patterson and on Facebook, you can see it anytime you want. And it's a very good one, and I do apologize for the the camera starting to fall because I was really listening to Dr. Love and wasn't paying attention to the, the camera difference. So my, you actually see my head get cut off, and it was pretty funny with that. <laughs> but I, I have something that will make Dad laugh because it was uh, – when Anthony Minetti had reached out, I was very surprised that uh, he had reached out to us when Dr. Joe and Ryan Doris were doing their video. Basically, it was a one, two, three. We did that. Dr. Joe asked if he could, you know, speak about it. And uh, if he needs to be as, a, as a, somebody to contact, he wanted to do that. And Doris was more than game for it. But I said, you know, they were doing fine. They did an excellent interview and it was very real and you know people had to be deleted because they just refused to understand that this is happening in America you know it's not happening where I live that means very little if you're seeing someone die in Minneapolis you know, so so you know there's always going to be kickback and there's always going to be resistance and that's what Anthony Minetti and I were talking about when he had me on the show but the funny part this is the funny part Dad and I laugh all the time about how we want things to go right, and then there's some technical issue, and suddenly things ain't going so right. And so he tried to do a Facebook Live, and boy, oh boy, did he catch all kinds of heck by trying to do that Facebook Live. So I could see him, he could see me, but he couldn't bring me on. And I was cracking up because I said, Death and I have to deal with this. Seems like every other month something happens out of the just out of the clear blue, and we can't get the show started. We have to wait, and I was laughing because he thought I was going to just hang up and say we'll try another day, but I said, no, I'm going to stick it out because Dev and I have to deal with this all the time. And, I mean, so he's got uh, – he, we had to go through Zoom, so he had to, he's going to download it, edit it for the time he wants to use it. We, we could have talked forever about the topic, especially. 
But in the in in the process of doing the show, I just was smiling the whole time because I said Des and I have done with, dealt with this. I think over twenty times by now. I'm pretty sure. Okay, so I'm going to back us up a little bit because you've been throwing around some names that maybe some of our, our listeners aren't familiar with. So Dr. Joe Klimzeski, we've had him on the show yes. several times. Um, yes. You know, he is a nutrition uh, guru from just fat loss to bodybuilding and everything in between. And he is founder of the Diet Doc, which is a uh, diet coach business. Um, it's not... I can't really call it a franchise, but it, it works similarly to a franchise. And so yes. if you check the archives, we had Dr. Joe on a couple of weeks ago um, when we were talking about the protesting and the subsequent riots that were tagging along with the protesters and just that environment at that time. And then, um, so Anthony Minetti, Kaylin, why don't you explain who he is? Um, you know, and the focus of your show, I mean, we get the focus was related to the civil unrest that's going on, but primarily what were you guys drilling down into? So who was he and, and how, you know, what did you guys cover on your video? Okay. Well then we got to go back to the Dr. Joe and Ryan Doris, because this ties in well to that. And like I said, during, you know, how, when you do a Facebook live, you can actually comment as the show was there, or as the video was there. And Ryan Doris had come on, and he went, I mean, he went in. He went in real good, and he was breaking down, you know how Dr. Joe was breaking down the historical facts about, you know, how the the nation with slavery and stuff like that, and how they were just, the the oppression left and right with the Chinese, with uh, the Irish, with Italian, I mean, just depression left and right, basically using that as a tool to keep people down and fighting each other. And he broke that down very well. And Ryan Doris came in and seconded it, but he was using more historical data from the Midwest, not just what's in New York in the archives at the Smithsonian. So a lot of people were really enraged because they couldn't, believe or fathom that things like that would happen. I mean, it might not be happening now, but it's part of American history. You can believe it for yourself. So everyone was trying to have the Google or research, and you search it out. They're not going to search it out. You're supposed to search it out and show it to them. Well, they're doing a live show, and they're speaking to each other. So, you know, people were saying, well, whatever. Well, Anthony Minetti had come on doing maybe the middle part of it, and I had commented prior to that, and then they had referenced the video that we were doing with uh, Dr. Uh, Mike Love. And so it was. It all ties in. It's not just, you know, stuff out there. And so Anthony said, well, you know, I'd like to talk about it because you guys are saying stuff that I hadn't heard of. And Anthony Minetti is, a, if anybody, if that name sounds familiar, he was uh, on MTV when they actually had uh, music and shows that had relevance. And he was one of the bodybuilding guys that uh, was getting ready for a show, and it was about having the perfect body. And he he represented that uh, quite well in in in, in, the, in the form that they were using. So he had asked me to come on his show because he was heartbroken in hearing some of this stuff for the first time. You know, I'm a history buff, 
So I really love reading and, 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 and studying history, to, you know, basically to keep from from doing it all over again for the same purpose of failure. So he said, well, Caitlin, sounds like you're well-versed in it. I'm sure Dr. Joe's took a tired uh, talking about it because he's been on our show and then he's done all these, because he's not backing down. Dr. Joe is not backing down. You're not going to shut him up about facts and history, regardless how you feel about it. He's digging his feet in the dirt, and he's going to be coming out swinging. So I told Anthony Manetti I'd be more than happy to be on that show, and we were going to talk about some of the solutions, like we had uh, Dr. Mike Love and I had been speaking on in that, because he said, why just have it local? Why not make it national? Because if the whole nation is suffering, why aren't we all looking for methods like this? And why aren't we all, you know, seeking out a solution? And I said, well, it, the, the, the truth of the matter is the narrative. If you don't want to deal with the problem, hello? What the heck was that? Dad, you okay? Yeah, I'm good. Is that a phone? Um, I don't know. I'm just listening to you. Okay. When we when we were talking, of course, we had the technical issues, and we couldn't get started. So he was a, he was going a little off the rails, but like I said, because you and I with it so much, it really didn't bother me. But that's neither here nor there. When we started talking, it was basically me expressing some of the solutions and why the narrative is important. Because if all we're talking and focusing on is the riot and the looting then people are trying to protect their property. If we're still not addressing another black life gone for nothing other than police interactions, then we're still not going to the source of the issue. He said something that you said, and I said, you know, Des has said this many times over about hate. And I said, but if we're going to break it down in, in, a, in an hour interview, then let's just go with the words and topics that people understand easy, and that's racism and bigotry. And so we went with that method, and, and, it, and it went really well. But he was hurt because a lot of the stuff is not being taught in history, and it should be, and it could be a more successful outcome if we start seeking solutions and I, you know, I was stationed over in Japan, Japan for a little while, and one of the things that I really picked up from them is they said it really doesn't matter to blame a person. Find the solution because our our nation is more wanting a face to the matter because if you think it's just one cop in one city, then we're still not understanding the gist of the problem. And if you think that, you know, basically people looking away and doing nothing as this as this keeps occurring, then that's part of the problem. And I, I had even said, you know, if you're sitting at the lunch table and someone is doing hateful and hurtful things, then you're part of the problem. And it, it, it you know, it was a lot of anger, a lot of frustration, but the truth of the matter is God tells us to be personal in our interactions, in our actions. And, you know, we're supposed to take personal accountability into getting these things corrected. So when we keep saying that someone is supposed to do something, when does that someone become us? When do we start interacting in stressful, uncomfortable, and, and, and basically out of character circumstances 
to save a life. And and if you're one of those people that can step in and, and speak up for someone who can, that's saving a life. Maybe not a physical life, but a mental spirit that's holding on or clinging on to a, a very slim thread. We we can do better. We can always do better. You know, buying lunch for someone who's hungry. That means a lot for a person who's hungry. It might be five minutes of your day, and, and, and sometimes it might cause you to be maybe five or ten minutes late, but you shouldn't be in such a bad state that you can't have one day where you're five or ten minutes late. We, we have to be more humane to humans. And, you know, we brought up about Kaepernick and how people still don't believe that he was speaking up for, for, for Black Lives Matter. They still think it's about the military and the flag, even though all of the evidence shows that it had no relevance about the flag or the military. He was talking about the in the interviews. He even said it, five and six and seven interviews. Stop killing black people. I'm, I'm taking a knee because you're killing black people, unjustifiably so. And even then the narrative changes back to the flag and to the military. So why are we struggling so much to make that the narrative instead of what the true narrative and the issue is? Because I said if if we're serious about saving money, if we're serious about saving communities, if we're serious about stopping rioting and looting, what is the result of injustice and not having justice served? Riots, looting, and protest, and yet for some reason we haven't figured it out to stop doing injustice to people we say make America great. I, I, yeah, that, that's what, the gist of what we did. Okay. And what kind of response did you get? Um, he had people that were reaching out because they hadn't seen the video. So if you look now, it's more than tripled or what the views were, and uh, he deleted the video. I didn't delete uh, the comments. I, I could care less. It is what it is, and if people want to follow it, they do. If they don't want to believe it, that's on them. But he was very angry and hurt because, you know, he had me on the show, and he wasn't happy with, you know, where people, what the direction of where things were going. Even when they saw that it was a retired police officer, they were even declaring that he was mistaken. And I said, you know, then this becomes a psychological issue of basically not wanting to face reality. And, you know, that that's a mental health issue, and we definitely didn't have time for that kind of discussion. So, you know, hopefully someone close to them or, or someone who, who's really concerned about their health and well-being will step in and, and speak up before they do something like what you said happened to your cousin. Because that's the real outcome of people that don't want to accept uh, for what society, for what it is. And Desiree, are you familiar with a movie called Shutter's Island? I am familiar with the movie. I have not seen it. Oh, wait, no, wait. Is that with Leonardo DiCaprio? Yes. Yes, it is. And it's where he's going through this whole, I mean, I don't want to spoil the movie for someone no, no, who hasn't it. watched it. can't spoil the movie. It's where, it's where he plays a detective. Yes. But at the end of the movie, you find out who, what is really going on. 
Yes, I've seen. Sure. No, you, you, we it, have to. We have to do the spoiler. We have to do the spoiler because that's the whole point of of what I'm saying. So basically, on Shutter Island, and if you guys still plan on watching it and you don't want the spoiler, then you can tune out right now and then come back and finish listening to our show in the archives afterwards. But basically, it's a whole mystery trying to discover who a who done it. It was a murder, but. What it turns out being is that Leonardo DiCaprio, who was playing the detective, he was actually one of the mentally ill patients on the island, and they were letting him go through this whole role play scenario to try and help him um, deal with his mental illness. But you don't. But find do you that remember out. why they had 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 played out him had him play out that role? Um, I don't remember that part because it's been a while since I've seen it. So why did they have him play out the role? Because he was the one that killed his wife. Yes, that's what it was. And he was having such a hard time dealing with it. And he did it purposely, if I remember no, right. No, he, he, it was a, a, a knee-jerk reaction. She killed the kids. He killed her out of anger. But he could not accept that he'd done so much to to bring that family together and make sure they were protected and then find out he was the killer. And this is the reaction of many Americans in this nation. When they find out reality, they would go back to the false narrative and not believe it. And so basically they were trying to shut us up like they're trying to shut up Dr. Joe, like they're trying to shut up Ryan Doris, like they're trying to shut up anyone who's speaking the truth because it doesn't conform to the understanding of how you were raised and what you believe. And it's very shocking, but it's also very telling of just how deep that narrative is intertwined into day-to-day life. You know, I was was looking at uh, one of the ladies at our gym today was saying, you know, this nation's doing great now because the stock exchange is doing well. And I said, well, what does it have to do with the small businesses in our neighborhood? You know, are we going to our respective restaurants and, and, and making sure that they can stay open for another month and pay their lease? Well, no, but, I mean, like, they can get loans and stuff. And I'm, I'm thinking, you know, everyone that's been interacting with all the information that we have knows that they're not losing. No, and it, yet it there's people out there that still want to hold on to the understanding that we're doing great. Chatter's Island, man. Telling you. Something like that. I mean, and it's whether it's race, it, it, whether it's health. I mean, we were just talking about this on our last show, and Elizabeth yeah. was questioning, why don't I hear about these things that you guys talk about? Yeah. I only hear about these sorts of topics when I listen to your show. Good well, point. Good point. it's because it's not the well, popular, popular stance, and Big money doesn't want you to hear, and we've got so many people ingrained in just one model of belief that they don't even want to entertain that there could be another way, another solution. Because it doesn't another work. What does it do? And that's, that's, the, that's the crux of what's because going on. What does it do? It goes, it goes against what go. they think they know. Preach, sister. Preach. So if that's the understanding and you have a whole nation under that understanding, then wouldn't a person that's speaking the truth be considered a threat? Of course, always. And what does Scripture say about that? 
Jesus was a threat. Yes. And what did they do with him? And exactly, what did they do with him? They took him out. So now, if that's the understanding, wouldn't you be less compelled to speak the truth, knowing the outcome could mean your life? Well, and many are. Fear fear yes. is a motivator and a suppressor. Yep. So this is where we are right now because more the, the people that know the most are willing to speak the least. Because they don't either they don't have a faith in Christ or they don't really have you know, they, they their faith isn't at that level it needs to be for them to save a nation. I'm just going to interject real quick, just with a quick example of what you're talking about. So recently there's a group in my area that's called Informed Choice Iowa, and they do a lot of education about health reform, about vaccinations, about this, that, and the next thing. And they held a rally, and there were a lot of doctors out there speaking out against how uh, – the corona pandemic has been handled, misinformation that um, has been coming out, how the medical community has had to deal with some of the just wrongs of how the coronavirus was handled and talking about vaccines and this and the next thing. And several holistic doctors got up and spoke. Several politicians were there. Several doctors that are just in the medical model got up and spoke. And another a doctor was commenting about how, you know, I saw such and such that was up there speaking, and boy, they were really just putting a bullseye on their back. Even though she agreed with what they were saying, she was afraid to get up there and publicly make the same kind of demonstration, if you will, because of how it was going to be received by the powers that be, because that bullseye could potentially be put on her back if she actually publicly got up and spoke the truth the way that she believes it to be, which mm-hmm. is what you're saying. Yeah, what we're supposed to be doing day in and day out. Well, guys, I think we've uh, run this horse pretty good, and we've opened <laughs> some minds, and uh, you're getting a lot of prayer hands for uh, you and your family, and they're well, doing some well wishes. Because as my mother said this morning, I don't ever want to know that kind of pain. I don't. And yeah. I, I can't be ashamed to say it because what parent would ever want to know that? What parent ever wants to outlive their child, especially a young person or a young child, an infant? What parent wants to experience that? Not no. one. Not one. And while I still well, feel pain over it, I Smith. don't want to know that pain. Susan Smith wanted to know. I, 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 we just got that from Bill. Who wanted Susan to Smith. know? Susan Smith. Ah. <laughs> no, Only a mother would I, say it that way. Hello? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You know, I don't know that I would call Susan Smith a mother. She gave birth, but that doesn't make her a mother. That doesn't make her a mother. I know that feeling, guys. Thank you. Thank you for the clarification. 
So anyway, guys, sorry today was such a downer. I think I kind of kicked that off, and I apologize. No. Our next show. Well, how could that be a downer? Okay, okay. Now we're not going to apologize for real life. We are real talk. We are real talk. I stand with my PIC. <laughs> well, thanks. Thanks, Galen. So anyway, guys, so, you know, just prayers for all of us in this world because there's just so much. Learn to care. I don't care how you want to call hate, but the hate is out there and it's manifesting itself in so many different ways and in different forms and faces that we all just need the love and we need to be surrounded by it to protect ourselves from what we are exposed to day in and day out. So that's my prayer for all of you today is that somewhere, somehow, some love is shining through your life whether it's in the form of snickerdoodle or something else, but that you've, you've got the love. Uh, bomb pop. There we go. Or bomb pop. So, you know what? Just be blessed tonight, you folks. Um, on behalf I of will. myself and the boys from P for P Muscle, your body is a temple. So let's build it. <laughs>